Welcome to Burn It All Down, the feminist sports podcast you need. I'm Amira, and I am joined today by Jessica and Lindsay. Hi, y'all. Hi. <laughs> Amira, uh, I, the Texas, the y'all, I love it. It's... <laughs> this is just this is how we speak here. I know. It's infiltrated, Amira. I love it. I've said y'all my entire life, but that's okay. <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pretend like it's a new thing. Okay. <laughs> um, but it's also very cold. I just want everybody to know that. I'm making soup today. I feel like we should like be clear on what cold means to Amira and I. It's like sixty one <laughs> degrees outside. It is raining, so that like makes it colder. And it's gonna make it to like seventy. I'll pray for you. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay, you are also in a warm weather environment. But all of us got to see each other just last week in a real proper fall environment up in South Bend, Indiana, where the leaves are different colors and the air is cold and crisp. Uh, And it was lovely to see all of your faces. So before we get into the show, I wanted to know what was your favorite moment from Notre Dame last week? I mean, I always love meeting and talking to students and Dr. Annie Coleman did a nice job of making sure that we got to spend time with students talking to them about what they do and what we do. And I just always find that uh, invigorating because you're like, oh, there's there are people carrying this torch behind us. Um, But really, I mean, honestly, one of my favorite things was that first night that we were there, the five of us ended up at the hotel bar together drinking and eating. And I just love seeing you all. And I loved like that when we were the five of us together, not performing in some way, not with another group where we could just like hang out together. So that. That was fun. That was the the highlight. The show itself, though, was was really good. Live shows are so fun. But I think this might have been our best audience and our best Q&A like yet. Like, I don't know. The, The questions were just so smart. You know, we did a show on a really heavy topic, but it felt like everyone was really engaged. And that was so special. But yeah, that also the food at the hotel yeah, bar was so food. good. The cream kale. <laughs> so it was it was just there's a lot of highlights. It was. It was it was the hugs. Mm. Just being all together for the first time in three years. Um was a lot of fun. It was really nice. And it's it's funny because, you know, there's only been a handful of times that we've actually all been together, but just in doing this for five years and seeing each other on a weekly basis and communicating all the time across multiple platforms, like you just don't lose a step. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it just feels like, uh, just feels like home. So it was nice. I was going to say, we also got to go on the field. That was like really cool. I feel like we should add like, thank you so much to the people at Notre Dame who like allowed us to go onto the football field and like see the locker room. And I mean, we are a cynical bunch when it comes to the grandeur of college football. (laughs) But I think we all felt like it was an important place and it was pretty cool. Yeah. Jessica got to hit her play like a champion. I did. (laughs) And we went down the tunnel. Like we went down the tunnel that they run out of. I ran. ran out out of it um and the nice man who was standing guard of the fields uh he was adorable we could only we couldn't technically get on the field because they were monitoring it but you could just tell that 
all the people that were very proud to be there. And yeah, it was it was grand. And that feels good down on the field like that. And the secure the security guard there told us that women's basketball is his favorite event to work, <laughs> and he didn't even know who we were. There wasn't a pander, yeah. Like he wasn't even catering that to us, like for a specific reason. It was not a pander. <laughs> Lol. And as Lindsay said, our uh, live show itself was actually great. If you haven't listened to it, that episode is out now. Also on Patreon is our full Q&A from that Notre Dame event, which was just as lively and really fun as well. So check those things out. All right, y'all, it's that time of year in sports where chaos is ensuing. I can't even sort out in my brain what sports are going in, what are coming out, what's happening. It feels like there's storylines abound. So I want to join y'all in the conversation of chaos. Can we do a fall sports mayhem mashup whip around of things? Yes? Yes. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Well, buckle up. Tressa, please name the episode whatever Amira just said. <laughs> buckle up because we're going to go. It's a ride. Buckle we are up. Taking okay. a ride. Let's do it. So let's do it. Strap in. We will start with football. Because it's fall. And if you ever go get one of those things from Home Goods that's like apple cider, pumpkin, football, fall, leaves, it's like a quintessential fall thing. None of us are really paying much attention to the NFL these days. Lindsay, I did see your tweet yesterday about the Panthers. <laughs> it was a recap of the Panthers' drives. And it goes, first drive, three plays, seven yards, punt. Second drive, three plays, nine yards, punt. Third drive, two plays, negative one yard, end of half. Fourth drive, three plays, seven yards, punt. And Lindsay said, is this bad? <laughs> Wow. Thank you for reading that verbatim again, Amira, and letting me relive you know, the glory. I just I literally memorized it because it was so terrible. They didn't uh, yeah. get a first down for like did they get a first down by the end of the game? Well, I don't we you know, we've got like the backup to our backup is in there and it's still this temple guy and Matt Rule's now gone, but you know, he had these temple guys, which like I don't know, there's just not many temple players in the NFL. <laughs> Hey, excuse me. Owls are everywhere. I'll have you know. Okay. Uh, well, I have to ride for a temple not, briefly. Not a lot in the NFL, though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can admit this. <laughs> but I think a giant percentage of the ones in the NFL are, are still on the Panthers roster and still making a lot of money. <laughs> That's like our backup quarterback because uh, Baker Mayfield couldn't go and Sam Darnold's. These names are so depressing. And then I didn't even know Baker Mayfield was a Panther. Yeah. And then PJ Washington, wow. that's his name. He ended up getting injured. And so we had a quarterback in that I never even seen before and or heard of before. And it was so funny because like he like completed a few passes and they got to like the red zone and everyone was like, oh. And then he immediately <laughs> threw an interception into the red zone. And we were all like, oh. <laughs> The painful roller coaster. I just oh. like how they say, oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 well, I'm I'm in the same kind of boat as you, Linz, in that I haven't really watched a Patriots game this year, but I looked up a few weeks ago when they were playing the Packers because Mac Jones was out with injury. So Brian Hoyer was playing and then he got concussed. So they brought in this rookie, Bailey Zapp. 
Zepe, Zappe. That's a made up name. That's, right? That's I just yeah, I was like, like, unsure. Is this a real I kind of feel like it's Zapped because somebody had a headline that was like, Zap Zaps the Browns, which is the only thing I have to go on at this point. He's a rookie, but he came in and he like brought them to overtime with the Packers, like very, you know, like he's. He's surprising people. He had to start last week and they won. And then this week they were playing the Browns. Cleveland has been like not terrible, but they ended up winning versus the Browns 38 to 15. And so now there's a quarterback controversy because they're like, when Mac Jones comes back, should the rookie Zap Zappe still start? And I'm just kind of here for this like, rookie storyline controversy whose name I cannot say but like keeps winning as the third string rookie quarterback is always a story I can get behind so this is not the same as what I'm going through (laughs) 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 you are so full of shit I'm trying to sympathize with you oh but my guys my bad guys are doing too much winning I was just saying, I don't know his name. That's what I was relating on. <laughs> Anyways, so things in football are weird. The NFC East is, like, good. The Eagles, uh, the Cowboys, and the Giants are all, like, really good. I don't like it. The Cowboys are good? The Cowboys are good. They were, well, at, last night they were 4-1 and playing the 5-0 and Eagles last night on Sunday Night Football. Oh. Um, my brother, who's an Eagles fan, and my dad, of course, is a huge Cowboys fan. I was just like... Right. Sending them emojis to try to instigate between them. None of them <laughs> took the bait. <laughs> they clearly blocked me. Um, anyways, Eagles went up 20 to 0 in the first half. It looks like they were going to run away with it. But the Cowboys somehow started coming back. And this is again with Cooper Rush, their backup quarterback. Um, Micah obviously really holding it down. He didn't have a great first half, but really started putting pressure on the defense in the second half. And so then it was a 20 to 17 game and it was like, oh, this is exciting. The Cowboys ended up losing. Um, The Eagles pulled it out because they're like, Jalen Hurts is great and apparently they're real. But that leads me to like my transition out of football to baseball, which is wait. The I'm Eagles. sorry, I'll do this one, yeah. one line, one line. Tom Brady is bad, and it is fun. Okay. Bye. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh oh, I have one one NFL thing. Yeah. Dan Snyder still sucks. That's the only thing that I have kept up with in the NFL. Yeah yeah. Dan yeah. Snyder still sucks. Tom Brady screaming at his O line and everybody captioning it with what he's saying. Like I lost my family for you. The least you could do is block. Never ceased to humor me yesterday but also dan snyder who's like if nobody's seen the report dan snyder digging up dirt on the other owners and there's this great line where he's like it's like the wild wild west everybody hates each other and another owner was like no everybody just hates dan (laughs) so yeah still sucks so you know we're sitting here with popcorn tear each other apart love to see it um but yeah we're also in the upside down because the eagles are good and the phillies are good And that means there's a happy Philadelphia, which I love. I love happy Philly. But it also is like clear evidence that we're living at the end of times. So uh, as we leave football behind, we get into baseball. 3-2 pitch. In the air, deep left center field. Hit well. Rodriguez on the run. And it is gone! We're in postseason baseball. Newsflash, the Houston Astros are still very good at baseball. And I knew that they were good. But, like, I was watching them clinch um, their divisional series, and they were, like, for the sixth consecutive year, 
I was like, I knew they were good, but I didn't think they were like that dominantly good in the postseason. Like that they were always in contention. Reminds me of the Patriots like always being in the AFC title game. Really? Really? <laughs> they, really? Can't they were. She can't help it. They were there, Lindsay. Oh my God. They were there, Lindsay. Oh my God. And so it, that's how I feel about the Astros. I just looked up and I was like, wow, they're very good at baseball still, apparently. So anyways, I haven't been watching many much of the baseball playoffs. Um, have you guys caught any of it? I watched like the 17th and 18th innings the other night because that was ridiculous. Yeah, there was like yeah. marathon yeah. baseball recently. I saw that. Yeah. It was yeah. like people in the 13th being like, this will be over soon. It's like, you have so long. Jeez. And meanwhile, we're over here in Formula One where they're like, we have to finish the race in under two hours. Mm-hmm. And baseball's like, we are going we all die. day, Stravin. Until we die. Yeah. Um, Jeez. My only thing about baseball at this point is my relief over and over and over again whenever the Cleveland team comes up and their name is the Guardians. And Amir and I were talking about this. Like, it takes a second to like put all the pieces together because we're so used to their former name. But I always feel such relief that they change their name. They're still good, and I don't have to hear some racist shit every time someone mentions the team. That's just, like, nice. It's lovely. I think Kansas City should uh, pay attention. (laughs) And I do really like how it's just, like, everybody's like, oh, the world's going to end when we change these names. And I looked up the other day, and they were like, the Guardians! And then I looked up, and it was Cleveland. It was fine. Yeah, they're winning. (laughs) Yeah, they're all good. fine. All good, all good. If you're into baseball, please let us know what also is going on because clearly we are we will keep catching the 17th and 18th inning of marathon baseball that's about where it is i'll check in at the world series there you go yeah all right moving on to soccer let's start globally uh with like proper footy um in the premier league i just have to say we're at an interesting place in the soccer calendar, of course, because Premier League is really just starting up there in their first month. But domestically in the U.S., as we'll get to in a second, they're winding down into the postseason. And then, of course, the World Cup just continues to loom in mere weeks at this point, y'all. So I have to say, if you're not following the Premier League and you want to pick a team and go all in, this might be the year to do it because it is fairly wide open. The only unbeaten record was toppled this weekend. Man City was the only team to uh, not lose so far. Liverpool beat them 1-0. Liverpool is not having a great season, so it makes it very topsy-turvy. Everybody, like, whether you're an Arsenal supporter, Liverpool supporter, if you're a Wolves fan or Tottenham or you're United, like, it is just kind of chaos. Everybody is kind of good and really good, but then also terrible and so you never know what you're gonna get so if you are waiting for a year to get involved in the english premier league you want to get up early on the weekends and suffer with the rest of us here is your invitation and your opening to do that things are heating up that's interesting amira because they're gonna take a huge break yes to do the world cup and then come back to do the second part of the season so if it's already chaotic Like, who knows what you're going to see. I mean, exactly. And then you get all these, like, very tired players coming back. And actually, that's why the MLS started their season early so they could wrap up. And MLS is probably one of the least impacted leagues by the the, uh, World Cup. So it'll be interesting to see. So as the Premier League is starting to kick into drive here... Um, MLS and NWSL, of course, are hitting their their postseason frenzy. Jessica, there was a little game. Would you like to talk about it? I do want to. I'm sitting here in my 
bright green Austin FC three stripe Adidas jacket in this cold weather that we talked about at the top. Uh, Austin FC played their first ever playoff match at home yesterday against Real Salt Lake, and it went to PKs. Austin is, I don't even know how to describe this team this season. It has been an up and down, but they finished second in the West. They have Sebastian Drusi, who is one of the best players in the league, if not the best player in the league. Uh, And we have our great goalkeeper, Brad Stuver, who we've interviewed on this show. It went to PKs and uh, the the two goals that we scored were Drusi and then Brad was amazing. Like, I can't overstate how good he was in PKs. He blocked two and then the fourth one, the guy just whiffed. Like, it was like he was scared of Stuver <laughs> and they won. I mean, and the second block was amazing. He hit it off the top of the crossbar. He like got his fingers on it. Oh my God. It wasn't like a standard dive and block. It was like, up. no. And he had to, he just was scrambling to get back up because we didn't know if the ball was going to bounce in after it hit the ground again and it didn't. It went the other direction. It was wonderful. So they'll play again. I was exhausted at the end of the match. Like I was trying not to cry. I felt like Amira. I was trying not to cry <laughs> during PKs. Like what was happening to me? Uh, we're going to do it again in a week. Uh, they'll play either Dallas or Minnesota. The, um, they play tonight. When you all hear this, by the time you all hear this, we'll know exactly who's playing. I did want to, um, for those who care at all about the MLS or not, if you want to just catch a good playoff game on Thursday night, the day that this episode drops LAFC, which got a buy for the first round because they finished a one number one overall in the league. They will be hosting the LA galaxy, their crosstown rival. And when they, these two teams play during the regular season, it's a huge deal. So the fact that they're going to meet in the playoffs, it's one and done. Uh, LAFC is really good. They could win the whole thing, but if any team, can stop them and and they've had a buy which people say isn't always great that rest can actually hurt a team even if they're very good so that should be fun on on Thursday but then I of course care mainly about what will happen on Sunday night at 8 p.m eastern 7 p.m central time at Q2 stadium down the road from here and we will know FC Dallas is playing Minnesota at the time the day we're recording this on Monday to see who they're playing and like if you want mayhem let Dallas win I know that's our big rival. I will just tell everyone that the supporters of Austin call FC Dallas Frisco because that's where their stadium is actually located is in Frisco. And it took me, I was like, I didn't get it. I was like, there's no team in San Francisco. <laughs> I had, like I had to really put those pieces together. Jessica. I know I'm admitting that out loud here, but we'll see. It would be great if Austin FC played Frisco at home here it would be wild it would be a weekend to remember because of things that i will tell you in two seconds but first Lindsay, what is going on in the nwsl playoffs yeah it was a really exciting weekend um quote-unquote quarterfinals though two teams had a bye so not full quarterfinals but kansas city defeated houston two to one with a goal mm. in the 10th minute of added time by kate delfava it was a great goal too both of these games were so good and then you had um, San Diego over Chicago in extra time with a phenomenal goal by Alex Morgan. Alex Morgan's having the best season of her career, which is just really cool to see a player it's in phenomenal. their 30s as a mom, like, have their best season of their career after, like, I mean, it's not like she was shabby to begin with. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just, like, it's so cool. But um, both O.L. Rain and Portland Thorns got buys, and so they're awaiting. O.L. Rain won the Shield, but they will face 
Kansas City next week, whereas the Wave will go to Portland uh, to face the Thorns. The biggest thing was like, even beyond just how good the games were, was that Houston set an NWSL record 21,284. This is a playoff record for attendance. And then it was broken later that same day with 26,125 playoff record crowd in San Diego. And so uh, just really cool stuff for the NWSL. And I know with everything going on, with the Yates report that we talked about last week, there's a lot of people who are like, should I even be supporting this league right now? And I get it. Trust me. Um, but Bella Bixby wrote a great kind of note to fans of the Portland Thorns, just kind of talking about how, you know, she totally understands if the games are not a safe space for you and if, like, it's not healthy for you to go. But also said that, um, you know, if you are on the fence, this is what I offer you from a player's perspective, whether you support the Thorns or any other team in the league or women's soccer across the globe, we need you more now than ever. Seeing our supporters packing the stadium lets us know that you are bearing this heavy burden with us. We ultimately have no choice but to carry the realities on the field, but you may have some choice on if you want to bear that with us. And so showing up at a game day is an act of solidarity with the women on the field. God, I love that. So that made me cry. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, I will say I was I was sad for the Dash because this was a, their first playoff game ever. They had never made the postseason. So to see them lose it at the last second like that. Oh, but that's so exciting to know that Houston had shown up for them. A sold out crowd. I love that. Yeah. I love it. It's huge. I would say that these crowds are impressive and also lively. Like I got chills watching all the pink towels in the air um, being waved around while the wave was playing. Ooh, look what I did there. Waved around while the wave was playing. Anyways, so it made me absolutely... She doesn't even need anyone to encourage her. She just encourages herself on this. <laughs> but it did make me excited still. Of course, there's been an effort to bring the NWSL to Austin, impeded by a few other bureaucratic political barriers as well. But it made me really interested to see how the amazing atmosphere at Q2 would translate into... Um, women's soccer and of course the national team opened up play at q2 ever but it's still i'm just like as just like a thought experiment like i just want to see yeah, it yeah me too just like once you know me too. so anywho as we move on from soccer i want to take a brief detour into the world of motorsports specifically formula one it's lights out and away we go and verstappen crawling away from the start gets away Here's where things stand. Max Verstappen won his asterisk second world title last week um, in Suzuka. It was actually hilarious because nobody knew that he won and everybody thought he was still a point off from winning. So everybody was like nonchalant about it. The interview ended and he walked away and the interview person literally was like, oh wait, Max, come back. You're world champion. And he didn't get it. So he was just like smiling and he was like, yeah, yeah. And then they go back into this little room where you have sound and video after a race. It's just the drivers. Yeah, just the drivers. It's very like panopticon You just like are watching them like Big Brother. You're just like watching what they say to each other. And in that little room, they were like, congrats, Max. Like, you're world champion. He was like, but I'm not, though. And they were like, yeah, you are. And he was like, no, they told me I'm not. And then they're like, no, you are definitely like you just won. And he was like, oh, really? And so he's not celebrating because he's just 
so confused. Uh, like one of the things about F1 is like how little everyone understands the rules all the time. Oh no, there's like, it's, <laughs> it, there's no rules. And even when there are rules, they're not followed. So like everybody's debate about if he got enough points to win because of like their interpretation of the rules about how points are awarded was fascinating because we were like, this sport is wild. Nobody knows what's happening. Everybody's just making it up as it goes. So that that race is decided. There's still four more races in the calendar this weekend. They will be here in Austin, Texas at the Circuit of the Americas. Do I have any chill about it? No, I do not. When me and Jess got off the plane coming from uh, South Bend, they had a big sticker on the floor that said, it's time, y'all, Formula she One. I yelled. screamed. She literally yelled in the like, airport. Ah! so excited i'm so excited and now we get f1 grand prix in austin followed by austin fc game like literally the minute after literally i will be unable i will just not be functioning (laughs) so i'm very excited (laughs) of course the formula one calendar then will go to mexico city followed by rio and then they end in abu dhabi while the driver's championship is settled, the constructor's championship still needs to be shored up. There's still some stuff to drive for, and a, a lot of people are also driving to keep their jobs for next year. There's still um, two seats up for grabs. Jessica, you want to tell us about the state of the W Series? Yeah, well, it's canceled. The or They canceled the last four, five, five events. Um, the one starting in Austin, which is such a bummer for us because we were possibly going to go watch the W Series when it was here. Uh, and so, yeah, they just apparently have run out of money, which is a chronic problem. I mean, motorsports are really expensive. I think I read somewhere Formula 3 is to run a season is 3 million euro. Formula 2 is 6 million euro. The W Series was created so that the women didn't have to go out and actually find sponsors. Uh, And so they were racing in their own series, Formula 3 series. So there was a whole debate over, like, ghettoizing the women into their own thing rather than having them race alongside the men, which they normally do. Uh, So it's definitely disappointing. I do want to shout out a piece by Hazel Southwell at ESPN that I, like, adored where she made the argument that, like, F1 could... FIA, F1, they could do something about this if they really wanted to. They could help fund uh, these women to drive. And I just want to quote this one part that she has. She wrote, collectively, motorsport has taken a nature documentary maker's approach to careers failing. Yes, it is sad that the baby elephant will die without water that the team could give it, but intervening would be immoral. That seems once again to be the approach of the F1 paddock that has been happy to post W series to its social media. As anyone in the field of content creation can attest, exposure has never paid a single bill. And I just want to say and other stuff that Hazel has written Jamie Chadwick is the one who won the W Series. This is the third time. But when she signed back on for the W Series this year, it was like a sad thing because she hadn't made a Formula 3 team. And so it was like if the whole point of the W Series was to get women into the regular Formula 3 driving. And so we'll see whether or not it, it, it pays off to get these women into these seats that they have tried so hard to get into. But yeah, a bummer. I did interview Sabra Cook last year um, about the W Series, if anyone is interested in hearing a little bit more about it. Yeah, and it really was a bummer. I think B and Jess were so excited about it. And literally the day that we were like working on our credentials, I like had to Google something. And the first article that came up was, the W Series might run out of money before it makes it to Austin. And we were like, oh, shit. 
And also, I think it has to be said, Jamie Chadwick also races for Jenner racing. And I think one of the weird things about the W series as it's developing is Caitlyn Jenner has become like a really big presence over there, which is unfortunate because Caitlyn has been so transphobic and, and ridiculous to youth, especially trans girls in sport, um, to see the W negotiate her presence in the W series mm-hmm. is something that we'll keep be keeping our eye on. And I was looking forward to the rest of the season to continue to parse out a lot of these things that is now just off the table because the series isn't continuing. So that's your brief a note about motorsports. If you're in the drama and want to really get into the scandal, you should know there is a budget scandal a brew um, that <laughs> the FIA has to, again, figure out if they're actually going to enforce the rules that nobody knows. Okay, we're getting towards the end of our wonderful, wacky tour through the sporting landscape. I want to talk briefly about college sports. Bergmark in the mix once again. Minor tries the quick one. Have y'all been watching any college football? No. A little bit more than usual, which is none. (laughs) I, I did, you know, understand that Alabama lost. This weekend, like I'm not in a hole, <laughs> but I don't actually watch it actively. <laughs> You're not under a rock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did watch the end of the Alabama Tennessee game and like teared up when they played Rocky Mount. But I think I was just like happy for people being happy. They were very happy. I'm unclear if I cared that much. They were exceedingly happy. I have to say I've been watching Texas games. I, do, I will Google the score because you'll text me something about Texas football. I'm like, oh, yeah, they're playing. Mostly I love all of these alumni in my life, like Courtney Cox, friend of the show, Courtney Cox. And so I enjoy texting Courtney throughout the game because they care. Mm-hmm. I'm just here for L'Oreal Sarkeesian's outfits every week because she's just like bringing black girl magic to the Texas sidelines. Yeah, college football is like happening is like my main takeaway is just like still kind of rolling on. It's still realignment. All of these things that we've talked about, like the changing landscape of of, of college sports. I had a whole interview with Victoria Jackson about this just a few weeks ago. It just feels like it doesn't matter. College football is going to continue to be this behemoth that churches forward. Um, I do want to briefly talk about other college sports because women's soccer is is really great. Um, and women's volleyball, and these are their big seasons, and the turnouts continue to be fantastic for them. Texas volleyball is number one in the country still, still undefeated. Me and Jessica are going to a game next week. Had a big rivalry with Baylor up in Waco this weekend that they won. Women's soccer, seeing the familiar teams be continue to be dominant, but like some other teams start to poke through as well. So if you are living near college or want to watch college sports but don't want to watch college football i highly recommend women's volleyball um as well as women's soccer which are always fantastic things to tap into Lindsay, there's another college sport on the horizon that's about to start what do you have your eye on yeah we got college basketball coming the women's uh it'll start i think november 7th is tip off day and there's some like good games coming up in november november 11th like right out the gate we have south carolina maryland like hello Whoa. uh at november 20th we have south carolina stanford like hello Whoa. so dawn staley has uh, yeah what a schedule her, yeah her schedule <laughs> she is saying hello i looked at like charlie cream's bracketology over at espn and you know he they've got the way too early top 25 just to give you a sense south carolina Aaliyah boston's back they're expected 
good to repeat. You know, they could go wire to wire number one again. But uh, Stanford also expected to be really good right back there again. Haley Jones and Cameron Brink um, are back as well as a lot of other good returners. I honestly thought Haley was a senior. I was shocked to see that Haley was still on Stanford. I I was thrilled. I love her. But I was like, whoa. It's wild. Um, But I think one of the biggest things to watch is Tennessee is like Charlie Cream has the number four and predicted that they're going to be a number one seed. So this could be like the real year for like Tennessee returning to dominance. Like, could they push South Carolina for that SEC crown? You know, it's going to be really, really uh, exciting. And I just think it's so good for the game to have Tennessee as like a top, you know, back at the, towards the top again. And of course, UConn, it's going to be a long time since they've entered a season with this little hype. Paige Beckers uh, tragically tore her ACL and will be out all season. Um, I think there's still be a top 10 team, but, you know, a, a little, little different. And ACC is just stacked top to bottom. Don't even have time to go into it, but basically everyone at ESPN has predicted a different winner for the <laughs> ACC, which I just think is like really fun. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So college basketball, which is why to me because it's still like September 2nd in my head and yet college basketball is like here and it's scary because that means it's like almost November so as we round up our roundup I want to stick to basketball Webinyama turn around from the elbow college basketball isn't the only basketball that is about to get off the ground of course the NBA is inching closer to its return Jessica, anybody of your eye on? <laughs> well, yeah. So to be clear, by the time people hear this, NBA will have started back up, <laughs> but go. it has not started for us uh, at the time of recording. But yeah, last week, all of a sudden, everyone was talking about Victor Wimbenyama, who is, let me tell you, is a basketball player from France. He's 18. He's either seven foot four or seven foot three, depending on your news source. His wingspan, though, is eight feet long. And he's a good enough shooter to play point guard, even though he is seven foot four. It's scary. He, yeah. He recently played in the Battle Royale in Las Vegas, where the French team played against the NBA G League teams. He is phenomenal. If you have not seen him play, you should go. It doesn't it doesn't look right because he's so tall, but he's shooting three pointers. Uh like you can't block him. But then if he plays defense, you can't shoot over him. He is phenomenal. LeBron James has called him an alien. He's like, forget unicorn. Because uh, how do you block? How do you block a seven foot four dude from shooting a three pointer? So to be clear, I just want to be clear here. He can't be drafted until next summer. But everyone is talking about the NBA draft because of him and because it's supposed to be a pretty good overall class. Like it would be great even if he if Victor wasn't in it. But he is. And so the real talk here is about tanking. <laughs> like people are saying that we have never seen a player like this in the NBA, that he is the future of the league, like, you know, major hyperbole around this kid, but from every direction. Like if you read anything about him, there will be a sentence about how we've never seen him before. Uh, and so the talk now is like, how many teams do we expect to tank in order to try to get him? And the season hasn't even started yet, which it is what I love. It hasn't even started. <laughs> it is wild. So 
I didn't really like I listened to people talk about him and I was like, okay. And then I went to watch and I was like, no, my brain like can't make sense of what it is seeing. So I'm excited. It'll be interesting to see. I think they'll continue to talk about the draft even as the season starts, which is a really weird thing for the for the NBA, but also very exciting. I would very much like the Hornets to win zero games this year. Zero games. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'll have Please. your Wimunyama jersey. Yeah. Your yeah. Hornets jersey. <laughs> well, it's clear that there's so many things happening in the world of sports this fall. So whether you're watching playoffs of a variety of sports, soccer, baseball, whether you're getting into football, while you're going in college sports or just waiting for college basketball to start, or maybe... Just maybe you're watching a new sport like pickleball. That's right. There is pickleball news to be had. For more on us talking about pickleball, maybe even telling you what the hell that is, check out our Patreon where Jess, Lindsay, and I will be talking about why pickleball is a thing. Every deep playoff run starts with building an amazing team. Doing the same for your business doesn't take a room full of scouts. You just need Indeed. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Hate waiting? Indeed's US data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. Something I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because with virtual interviews, Indeed saves you time. You can message, schedule, and interview top talent all in one place. Indeed knows that when you're growing your business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why when you sponsor a job, you only pay for quality applications from resumes in our database matching your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash BlueWire to start hiring today. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. While we were at Notre Dame, Brenda and I had the chance to sit down with Notre Dame Athletic Director Jack Swabrick to hear us discuss the changing state of college sports. That conversation is available in your feeds now. Check it out. And and through the NCAA, we failed to articulate a new model for college athletics. And we clung to an absurd model, amateurism, that made zero sense. And even after we were given that message by courts, we still pursuit. It is now time for everybody's favorite segment, The Burn Pile. Lindsay, can you please kick off our burning today? So Tennessee had a huge win over the weekend in football, beating Alabama 52 to 49. It was a really exciting game. You know, volunteer fans just swarmed the field, orange everywhere after the win. And they actually took down the goalpost (laughs) and carried them off the field and threw them in the river, which is just like such a normal thing for somebody to do. You know, the celebration was cool to watch, but not even uh, 24 hours later, the Tennessee football account, uh, official 
Tennessee football account tweeted, y'all remember how we tore the goalpost down, hauled them out of Nyland, and dumped them in the Tennessee River? Yeah, that was awesome. Anywho, turns out that in order to play next week's game, we need goalposts on our field. Could y'all help us out? So there's a link to something they call Vol Starter, which is like, you know, get a Kickstarter, ha 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 ha, uh, which is getting people to donate to help pay for the new goalpost. Obviously, what? this is just a kitschy way to do uh, fundraising, but it's so infuriating. They're literally like, make a gift, honors history. Give $16, because it's been 16 seasons since the Vols beat Alabama. Give 52-49, the final score of the breathtaking game. And then, you know, their options for like $25, $100, whatever. This athletics department Brings in like $130 million per year. The endowment is like $1.6 billion. I know everyone fundraises and I know this is just like a kitschy way to do it, but this is annoying as hell. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. And Twitter roasted him and my favorite comment was... Only Tennessee could have its biggest win in 25 years and still find a way to take an embarrassing L. (laughs) (laughs) That's very good. Let's just burn college athletics and this fundraising bullshit. Like, just replace your own damn goalposts. (laughs) Burn. Burn. The World Cup is approaching, meaning all eyes are going to be shifting to Qatar, which has really been under quite a bit of scrutiny for the last few years leading up to the World Cup for a number of things, including migrant worker abuses, which we have continued to document on this show. This week, however, Fox Sports, which is the primary English language rights holder to the competition, released a statement um, clarifying its stance that they will not be bringing up anything about migrant workers on its broadcast. Um, David Neal, who's the executive producer of the World Cup coverage, said, our stance is if it affects what happens on the field of play, we'll cover it and cover it fully. But if it does not, if it's ancillary to the story of the tournament, there are plenty of other entities and outlets that are going to cover that. We believe the viewers come to us to see what happens on the field, on the pitch. This is so tiring. Um, This is similar to what they did around LGBTQI rights in Russia. Um, This is sport washing at its finest. Everybody's come to see what happens on the field and on the field only. But this decision to not engage, to act like the world is not happening, to act like the very field that they're playing on was not laid down by migrant workers who have lost their lives, who are still dealing with issues right now. One of the things that migrant workers are, are are experiencing is a huge effort to get them out of the country that they have toiled in for years. They are being removed. There is a, a memo sent that said, can we try to clear up migrant workers by mid-fall so that they're gone before the World Cup starts? One of the reasons this is problems is many workers have... Um, been telling news outlets like The Guardian or Human Rights Watch, etc., that they were sent back before the end of their contracts and they have yet to receive full salary or their allowances. This is even more of an issue because many of them use recruiters that they owe money to for securing them jobs in Qatar in the first place. So they're actually returning in debt. All of this is a huge issue. The exploitation of workers and laborers is a huge issue. The treatment, the ongoing treatment of them is a huge issue. The other issues around Qatar, around how journalism has to act or not act there. There recently was a report talking about um, the very strict way that Qatari 
federations are, are handling how you report and who can report. Um, the very real concern about queer folks who are going to the World Cup, these things are ongoing. And Fox Sports' decision to have such a narrow lens to only focus on the pitch, only focus on the game, is engaging in a very high level of sports watching that's acting like everything is fine if we put this cloak over everything by a beautiful goal, by a competitive game. That that is the thin veneer that, that covers all of this other atrocity that people have been continuing to raise their voice about. I'm not sure I expected any different, but now that it's here and now that it's upon us, um, it feels like we've been talking about all of these things for years and nothing has changed. And now seeing it in your face where not only has nothing changed, but actually you see how the media is being complicit and completely erasing these issues and having them straight out say, it's of no concern to us. We're going to do our product and viewers are going to watch. And that's all that viewers care about. I think part of the reason I'm irritated is because I think he's right. And I wish that weren't the case. Uh, it's frustrating. I'm appalled. Uh, and I want to burn it. Burn. Burn. All right, Jessica, bring us home. Last week, 21-year-old English tennis player Tanisha Desanayaki announced that she was retiring from the sport because she is suffering from long COVID. She wrote in her retirement statement, quote, that's a wrap on the best 16 years of my life. The sport has made me into the person I am today. It's been a crazy journey, and I'd do it all again if I could. But after over a year of being unwell, it is time to move on. This was the hardest decision I've had to make and even harder to accept. I don't know a life without tennis in it, but this sport has taught me so much and I know that great things are in store. Desanayaki last played in a tennis match in June 2021, a month before she contracted COVID. She was 19 at the time of her final game. In the Instagram post that Tanisha put up hours before her retirement announcement, she is pictured in a wheelchair on a beach with the caption, just rolling with it and the hashtags long COVID and long COVID awareness. In an Instagram post from May of this year, she wrote, quote, 300 days of being housebound, 300 days of choosing between walking and talking, 300 days of being unable to read, 300 days of not playing the sport I love, 300 days of social isolation, 300 days of not living, just existing, 300 days of my life lost. Tanisha was born in Sri Lanka and moved to London when she was six. But by the time she made it to the UK, she'd already been playing tennis for three years. She's probably not a name you've heard in tennis, but that's kind of the point here. We are still in a pandemic and plenty of people, including athletes, of course, are suffering the long-term effects of the COVID virus that have made it much harder or even impossible to continue to compete. This is yet another reminder of the toll of this pandemic and that it is not over in terms of people getting sick, people dying, and those who have yet to recover, those who may never recover. So this week, I want to burn that Tanisha had to give up her dream at such a young age because of this fucking virus and to burn that plenty of people want to act like the pandemic is over and that we haven't just lived through a traumatic mass casualty event, that we aren't still living through it. So burn. 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 It's now time to highlight some torchbearers of the week. We'll start first with our honorable mentions. Jessica? Sarah Bovey, Michelle Gadding, and Dorianne Penn of the Iron Dames Auto Racing Team combined for the first ever win for an all-female squad in the history of the European Le Mans series. They took the LMGTE class victory in Portugal this weekend. 
India won their seventh Women's Asia Cup title in cricket, beating Sri Lanka with an eight-wicket demolition in the final. Miranda Tibbling of Sweden grabbed the Women's Speed Final title at the Parkour World Championships in 32.82 seconds. The UK hosted its first ever all-female boxing card this past weekend at the O2 Arena in London in front of a crowd of 20,000 fans. The headline bout was between Clarissa Shields and Savannah Marshall. Shields defeated Marshall to become the undisputed world middleweight champion. Friend of the show, Alana Myers-Taylor, multiple Olympic medalist in bobsledding, received the Women's Sports Foundation Women Rudolph Courage Award. The Women's Sports Foundation says of Myers-Taylor, what makes her deserving of the Wilma Rudolph Courage Award is not only her grit, determination, and undeniable impact she has made within the sports community, but also her efforts to show the world that mom athletes can compete and win while using her platform to advocate for racial justice and disability inclusion. Yeah, we got a few couple goals for you as well. Valtteri Bottas in his week off from Formula One crossed the finish line first with his partner, cycling Olympian Tiffany Cromwell, winning the WANA distance in the Kansas-Belgian Waffle Gravel cycling race. He did admit in an Instagram uh, caption that Cromwell let him win. They both are so adorable on their little podium together. Also adorable friend of the show, Z King and Jess Fishlock, both OL Reign players, are officially engaged. I love them so much. They are impossibly cute. You can see both of them in the NWSL playoffs next weekend. Also, Hunter and Tara got uh, married over the weekend. We love them. (laughs) There's just so much love in the air. There's so much love. Stanford upset number one, you UCLA in soccer on a night dedicated to Katie Meyer and mental health. Meyer was Stanford's standout goalkeeper who died by suicide last spring. Stanford handed UCLA their first loss of the season, beating them one to nothing and ending UCLA's perfect season. And now can I get a drum roll, please? The torchbearer of the week is climber Ilnaz Rukabi, uh, who is an Iranian climber, one of the first professional women to climb for Iran, burst onto the scene uh, back in 2013 by self-financing herself. Um, This weekend in Seoul in the Asian Climbing Games, uh, she competed without a hijab on. Um, choosing to do this act of civil disobedience um, in in her competition, adding to the protests that we've seen over the last month following the murder of Masha Amini, who was arrested and beaten for not wearing her veil properly. The wave of protests that has burst out in Iran have been led by teenage girls, among other things, um, and we're seeing it move into the athletic activism space. Despite the consequences of competing, Without a veil, Rikabi pushed forward, got to the final round of the Asian Championships, and finished in fourth place this past weekend. The Iranian Mountaineering and Sport Climbing Federation did announce this result, but using an undated image of Rikabi wearing a hijab. Um, Rikabi and all other pictures, you can see her ponytail flying uh, in protest. Because of your bravery, your success, and your activism, we salute you. El Nazar Kabi, you are our torchbearer of the week. All right, y'all, what's good in your worlds, Linz? I all I can think about right now is the construction that is happening in my place and around me. They are literally <laughs> working on the floors in the condo above me, which 
means it sounds like they're drilling into my head and any minute now they're going to burst into my place to finish stuff that should have been finished weeks ago. I'm still going to be without a sink. I, I For those who don't know, I am dealt my kitchen flooded on July 3rd and I've been without a kitchen and had to have all my floors replaced and it's been a nightmare and I still don't have a kitchen. I won't have a kitchen for like another probably month because um, oh. we're waiting on the cabinets. Oh. It might be a little bit sooner than a month, but it's going to be a while. But the good news is that work is being done. I do have floors now for the most part and there's no hole in my kitchen wall and Tonight, I can move my furniture somewhat back in place and get my living room somewhat into a sustainable order. I just got to get like furniture moving pads so I can move everything on my own because I am lay single and you need to get some of those little furniture moving things uh, to not scratch up the new floors. So it's a lot. It's a lot. It's like ruined my last five, last four months of my life. But the good thing is, there is actual progress. So sorry, that wasn't that much of what's good. It's a little bit of a rant. You're, you're allowed. When it feels yeah. like your head is being drilled into because it's happening right right in the roof, that's that's all you get from me right now. Well, I'm glad for progress. Jessica, what's good with you? Well, Austin FC won last night and Brad was great. So that's that's good for sure. I'm really enjoying Abby Jimenez's romance novels right now. Mm. So I read part mm. of your world and now I'm on to happy ever after playlist. And it's so good that I'm actually sitting here thinking like, when today can I go back to read more of that oh, book? I love a book like um, that. And that's always such a fun feeling when you find that kind of book. Uh, Amira made me listen to the audiobook of the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo. And it was amazing. <laughs> it was as good as she promised it would be. Uh, and I just finished this like string of speaking events. Like I did that amazing book people event with Kathy Valentine from the Go-Go's and um, Karen Rose who wrote Why Patty Smith Matters. And then of course I saw my lovely co-host at Notre Dame. And then on Saturday I participated in a panel at the Western History Association's conference in San Antonio that a good friend from graduate school, Paul Conrad, who's a professor at the University of Texas at Arlington, uh, he was on the planning committee for the entire conference and he had put this panel together about Texas in this moment. Uh, it was nice to be able to see all these people doing all these cool things, but also really nice to have that behind me, I will say. And my final thing, and I feel, I don't know, I feel bad even saying this, Lynn's. <laughs> Uh, we built a studio in the back of the house. It's almost finished. It was nice in part because they built it's outside the house. Uh, so it was away from us. But um, it's just going to be nice to have more space in our small house, but also buying all the stuff for it. And I will just highlight that I bought a mat to go outside of the doors of the studio. That's like one of those. How do you describe like a straw? Like grass mat you know yeah but it has the believe stamp from uh ted lasso so that's how what we'll greet everyone and we got ralph a dog bed for the studio and to break it in i've laid it next to his other dog bed in the living room and it normally takes him like weeks to like even sit on the new beds when he gets them and yesterday he was already sleeping on it so that is a good sign yeah it looks great the western uh, which is the Western History Association Conference, was in San Antonio. Uh, so I headed over to San Antonio to see Paulina present a great paper uh, from her research on um, 
Mexican women in sports in the mid 20th century. Um, I got to see a lot of my former colleagues from Penn State as well, because all of them do some combination of borderlands, indigenous, environmental, Western history. So it was great to have those little mini reunions. I did have to rush back from San Antonio on Friday night, though, because Samari was part of the Dama Court in for her friend's quinceanera, which was a good time. Uh, she got all made up and looked very grown, and it was very scary uh, in a sweet sort of way. Also, like, the best part of quince's is also the most random part when this, like, giant transformer comes and dances. I was wondering on your Instagram post, I was like, <laughs> what? Yes, it's a thing. Um, nobody really knows why it's a thing, but it's a thing. The boys just, like, love the, love the transformer, dude. Um, and they pass out big balloons and you just kind of dance with balloons to Transformer. It's quite fun. And Anayi looks so beautiful. Um, and I was just so proud of her. Um, so that's kind of what's good in my world. Coda's coming to town. I'm very excited. It's like Christmas, if I gave a shit about Christmas. So that's also what's good for me. <laughs> We're watching a bunch of things this week. We basically detailed all of the chaos happening in fall sports in this entire episode. But just to recap, you have MLS playoffs, NWSL playoffs, you have the MLB postseason, you have the NBA starting, you have Formula One in Austin, you have all of these things and more. Check it out. There's lots to watch. Well, that's it for this episode of Burn It All Down. This episode was produced by Tressa Versteg. Shelby Weldon is our web and social media person. Um, follow Burn It All Down on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Listen, subscribe, and rate the show wherever you get your podcasts. For show links and transcripts, please check out our website, burnitalldownpod.com. You'll also find a link to our merchandise store over at Bonfire. Uh, it's hoodie season, so they tell me there are some hoodies there for you. Also, of course, you can visit patreon.com slash burnitalldown for our conversation today on Pickleball, plus so much more. Check it out. Burn on, not out, and we'll see you next week, flamethrowers.